even the government like the politicians they believe in caste system like for example they don't visit people to lower class Hi everyone welcome to another episode of Culture Atlas I'm your host Cici Wang Each episode we'll visit a country and talk to a person from there to find out what life is like in their part of the world This is part 3 of our four part series on India My guest for this series is my new friend Mo who was born in a prominent political and business family in West India in a province called Gujarat. His family owns a famous bakery business there and Mo is a professional pastry chef. In part 2, we delved into India's wedding and arranged marriage traditions. Be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Today we're looking at India's social classes and the caste system. How big is the gap between the rich and the poor? And will the caste system ever go away? All that and more coming up now. How are women being treated in India compared to men? Like, is there pretty good gender equality? That's a good question, but you know, it depends on like from what place you are coming, because eighty percent of Indian population still live in rural area, right? Even if you are. educated but there will be some aspect there will be something like mm-hmm. about women but not in every family not in every family it's not same in every family but there is a concept like women are like a little bit lower like compared to if you if you come on strength wise right strength wise so it's considered women are weak but nowadays no they are not weak they go to gym they can punch any guy <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> they know kung fu they know yoga <laughs> so but still it's it's there it's still prevalent in india not just in india like lot of cultures not as I, i saw a lot of countries like sri lanka it's mm, still there that women are there. somehow like valued less than men not valued less it's just like they're considered certain for certain things or certain jobs they are considered a little bit weak not valued like physically valued weak or yeah physically or mentally you know like in my religion there's a saying like women are more emotional right okay so they get they get like very much emotional that their their mood swings very fast right so they get quick decisions that's why if for a divorce in my religion women cannot give divorce right away huh interesting because they think that women are more emotional and make quick decisions emotional yeah okay. and quick decision maker yeah so yeah but in my religion like women are treated very well mm. it's not about weak thing it's about precious you know that's why we wear hijab or something in my religion because the main thing is like we don't want our women folk to get exposed to other people because you know like even if it's a good guy but if you see like attractive women there will it's a man thing you will like come across certain desire certain thought process right in your mind hey wow she's so beautiful and like so in my thing is like my religion's like women are only like after marriage they are only for their husbands you're saying the hijab is to protect the women just to protect yeah the modesty from the yeah, from the, the men the okay yeah and because a lot of crimes it happens like rapes and everything happens from seeing the things right like if you are getting attracted to certain women uh-huh. then it's a whole process you're going to follow you're going to 
try your best. But right? isn't but it if you the don't man's know, problem that they're even thinking about these things and yeah, trying to act on what, these things? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a woman should be able to wear whatever they want. That's why. That's why it's like it's a thing in like even the men they have to be like modestly dressed. Okay. For us, like it's not because you know, for me it's not allowed to wear shorts from the top of my knees. I have to cover my knees. Many yeah. short shorts. Okay. <laughs> so I can wear three fourth, but not short shorts. Okay. But you know. Yeah, I don't think I want to yeah. see a man in short shorts. Yeah. I, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there are too much like things going on but for me i do like practically whatever it's practical mm-hmm. and i do that thing but yeah women are considered if you go to rural places then they're going to consider weaker mm. but not like value wise value wise they are already like valued most like precious thing for us like it's a saying that one of the companion of our prophet he visited prophet sallam and then he asked hey prophet like what's the sign that you can say that god is happy with you mm-hmm. that you can see so the first answer was the first thing you can say that god is happy like if it's showering very gently mm-hmm. like gentle shower mm-hmm. like not the too rain? much raining yeah okay. rain yeah okay. gentle and like so we can say that god is happy mm-hmm. and the other point is if there's a daughter is a girl child born in your family mm. right so it's like very lucky for us oh. before in like in india it was like other culture they used to like kill the girl child inside the fetus and they used to bury the fetus right new newborn they used to know but our manner is when islam was spreading mm-hmm. they stopped this culture even in hindus like it was the tradition like the after death of the husband women folk they used to like burn the women folk alive can you imagine yeah, it's goodness. called sati it's called, if you type sati s a t i sati in google then you're going to get to know that so these all the like things that my religion they abolished that women are like prote- protected and that's how my like our prophet spread the word that women are very much important mm-hmm. right that's why we started like f- getting married to four wives because we need we have to increase the value of the women right because without women you cannot run the world the world will come to an end if you're going to kill all the women child then it's useless men cannot give birth mm interesting okay But what about like the status of women in the workplace? Can women take good jobs? Can women become prime minister? Completely, completely. There are a lot of women members there sitting in parliament. So and a lot of women they are sitting at corporate like management office like corporate thing like executives. Chanda Kochar, she is the very famous businesswoman in India. Chanda Kochar, she is handling some bank. She is the CEO of some bank, I think so. So women are not just relegated to roles like, you know, um childcare, cooking no, 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 no. for husbands, no. none of that. No, no. Okay, they can do whatever they want, okay. Depend on the depending on the family, right? Uh like if they are coming from rural area like if they are not educated, if their mind is already set like women are for so we cannot help them, right? I see. But if you I'm talking I've never been to the rural areas so much because I was born in like metropolitan city it's a huge city 
huge province, right? So I was raised and brought up by it. So I'd, I'm very fam- familiar to this kind of culture where women are like used to work because when I was young, my aunts, my cousins were already working. Even mm-hmm. today, my sister is working. She's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like in my family, we have a lot of like my sisters. They are doing one of my sisters. She's a doctor, MBBS. And one sister, she is like a professor in UK, some like college. Yeah. He just went. Yeah, she's a university professor there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and one of my sisters, she is like very much in, in, in a like high position in big Indian company. It's a painting company, color company. Wow. So yeah, she's doing very great there. Mm-hmm. I know you said that you haven't been to the rural side, but you said eighty percent of India today is still rural. Yeah, seven to eight. Yeah, that's huge. So, like, what it, is it? Is it? I'm I'm not even sure. Like, it's true. Like, but yeah, mostly seventy to eighty. Yeah, I I read something like at least sixty. But the data keeps on changing. Yeah, yeah. at least sixty. Like the majority of India today is still like a rural population. So, how do those Indians' lives compare to the urban Indians? Nowadays, if you talk about rural, it's not that rural that you don't have roads, even in rural areas. You're gonna have technology. You have schools, right? But it's not that like busy compared to like Mumbai city, city of Mumbai. It's like too much skyscrapers. But if it's a rural place, you're gonna have education too. But most focus is given on their family tradition, family beliefs okay. too. Yeah, because if a dad feels like his daughter shouldn't work, his wife cannot force her husband to allow that daughter to work. They have to follow the, the man. Husband or the, the yeah, man of the house. Yeah. Okay, so it's still uh, yeah, but now it's still changing. Now it's changing. Like, if the girl want to work and if their parents doesn't allow, they just run away from the house. Wow, and are women allowed to get educated in the rural area? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But when we say poverty in India, is that still prevalent in India? Do you see it on the streets of big cities, or is it mostly in yeah. rural? No, you can see everywhere poverty. It's like a mixed society, but in India, if you are poor, you're gonna get poor. If you are rich, you get rich day by day. I see. Rich getting richer and poor getting poorer. So middle class is the where they stay, where they are. So middle class, what percentage of the population do you think is middle class? If you were to venture a guess, around twenty-five to thirty. And then what about the rest? What about the lower class and the upper class? Upper class is much less. I think two or three percent, like super rich. What about doctors and engineers? They come in middle class, like upper middle class, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and upper class are like super rich, like big tycoons, like business tycoons. Yeah. So, is your family considered upper middle class or upper class? Upper middle. Upper class. middle class. Okay, and then the rest sixty percent is it sixty percent or seventy percent is all lower class? Yeah, lower class, and they're like. Poverty is like below lower class, right? Below poverty line. So uh, some percentage there too, but mostly middle class and lower class. Okay. So what are the most common jobs in India today? Textile, textile industry. You can see textile, food industry. There's like industries you are talking about. Not certain job. Like if it's of textile, mm-hmm. then we have different jobs. Textile is also related from like. Growing cotton, right? Then processing cotton, then dyeing the dress or clothing, then delivering, 
right mm-hmm. and lot of people they work for logistics they handle logistics transport and everything but in india you can find a job very easily you cannot be like unemployed because if you are looking for is to for a cook you can hire a cook for a lower price and you can hire a maid for a lower price <clears throat> so that way uh, both like work is done your work is also done and they're also getting employed they're also getting their money right so there's constantly demand and supply people looking for jobs and people giving away jobs that's why a lot of multinational companies like foreign companies they set up their plants in china and india mm-hmm. right china also the labor is very cheap because there are a lot of people looking for a job here no people in canada there are hardly any people and so that's why they are encouraging migrants and students to come from abroad so that they have like workforce to work for the country otherwise if you see most of the products here in canada they are like made in usa yeah most of the products because there are not much industries in canada here so what are some typical lower class jobs in india the jobs that like maids clean houses like taking care of a child are they employed by like middle class families or upper class families middle class middle class and upper class upper class have like high end maids so i'm talking about my family we were having maids mm-hmm. they used to live with us like we it's a big house right so we had our own maids and own cooks living with us and so whenever we used to go for a family trip as well we used to take them along with us yeah i remember all our family trips we were not traveling by car we used to hire like huge buses like two or three bus buses and vacation yeah, buses for the whole fam yeah. oh my goodness and all the and all the stuff we used to carry all the stuff big utensils gas all the spices uh-huh. all our maids and so wherever we go we went like we used to have a like you know private chef wow. they used to cook for us wow <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore not anymore now everyone's like separated to like everywhere how many maids and chefs did your family employ like in total i cannot i cannot say because we were having maids they were living staying with us like before i was born when i was born i saw a lot of maids they were like very old they took care of my father when he was young so i remember my father is like favorite maid she was living with us like for almost 50 to 60 years and then she was the one who took care of my father like my grandmother was very busy because my grandfather was politician and like business was boom at time so she was barely having time to look after her kids right mm-hmm. so they are, we are very attached to them mm-hmm. and we never like abused the, i never saw anyone from my family who abused our maids or workers and we are like very gentle mm-hmm. and it's like our maids and they know everything what my family members they need yeah so even even if there's a like death family in members. our family yeah yeah even if there's a death in our family then, then all the maids and workers they take care of everything wow and they take care of food and everything right mm-hmm. but now like everyone's moved to different countries right and my grandfather is not there so now everything is like yeah zero like because i am here my parents mm-hmm. we still have maids but not the old maids like not the old ones your mates you said they lived with your family have you ever tried to find out what their lives are like outside your family you know like what are their own families like do they ever get married do they have a decent life 
Yeah, they were having decent decent life because the main part was food, right? So my family was so big, we used to cook so much food at that time that even like if you have fifty people extra coming from nowhere, like outside, they can still eat. So food was taken care of by my family, and yeah, they were having their own families too. Like they were allowed to go to that. They were going to their houses too. Mm-hmm. They take care of their kids. Like my grandparents, they took care of their kids' education too. So I remember, I'm I was I'm talking about my house, like my parents' house where I'm living right now. So we kept like mates and her family there. We gave we provided them a separate room and separate house in our property, and then we were financing their kids for the school. Mm. So it was their first generation going to school. Wow. They were never been to school. Yeah. So mm. my dad. he encouraged the the maids that hey just put your kids into the school mm-hmm. so actually they were going to the school where i was going like my school was very reputed like very mm-hmm. the elite used to come there but same school in my same school we were having uh the branch for poor class people mm. like evening classes so we are having some certain parts of because we are giving back to the community my school was giving back to the community mm-hmm. not for free but they only charge it for like What you say, books and everything, uniforms. Oh, I see. But the education, the food was free. Oh, I see. So my dad got and them enrolled, and it was like minimum fees, like yearly. But my dad was like taking care of it. Mm-hmm. But that maid, unfortunately, she was so like selfish maid. Hmm. Like she was only worried about her freedom. If she was like true mother, she would have thought about their kids doing education, right? Mm-hmm. But only because she didn't. Have, like had enough time to hang out mm-hmm. so she just quit the job when my family was abroad they just left wow but so my family went for like pilgrimage in saudi arabia mm-hmm. when we came back they were not there <laughs> they just ran away <laughs> they just, yeah they just ran away wow was like what the hell wow so but it was them that were like losing the education right because within years i saw so much change in their kids yeah they they knew how to dress up properly uniform was good because in india we still have school uniforms you cannot go wearing anything you have a school uniform dress code mm-hmm. so and they were they started to speaking in english with us right mm-hmm. we used to teach them english but some people they don't value like what you are doing for them right yeah so it's them at the loss mm-hmm. but when you see the poverty on the streets what do you think happened to those people why are they in such a dire state of um living condition no they are already born in that condition they are not like someone from middle class they went to lower class it's already they already born even if they have job that job is never gonna get them house right they're gonna still live on the street because they're not educated they're not like skilled is education free in india no not everywhere okay not free education and even if it's a free education not too many like poor families they cannot afford their kids to study because their mindset is more the kids more income like they're gonna ask the kid to go for like oh, child labor oh i see they are not really interested in education what's what's their living condition like same like here we have homeless people here right so you see their lives hanging out in downtown no families right begging but in india luckily like 
even lower class people they work like lower mm-hmm. class like sewage cleaning like drainage cleaning corporation you can get a government job too without education but you're going to get like cleaning job sweeping the ground streets unlike here you these jobs they pay you very well right like if you are a city employee cleaning the streets then you're going to make you are making good money you are working for the city but there it's different if you're working for a city it's like lower job they still work our cities are clean we every morning they come it's not like here that i think they come here mm-hmm. once or twice a week right for the garbage but in india they come every day like the garbage trucks they come they clean they sweep the streets but they are paid less like not that good and it's not considered like good job i mean are there still slums like the slums we saw in slum dog millionaire oh, yeah. today still in india yeah yeah but even in that slum it's not just slum that slum is different the slum that you are talking about it's like called dharavi the biggest slum in the world you can see lot of industries in that slum lot of business coming from that slums they are not unemployed they are making money from that slums there is like industries and like businesses going on that slum printing textile industries is there tailors so lot of people they are do skilled job even their women folk they are working in from the houses they are cooking they are doing catering business mm-hmm. they are doing tiffin service so they make tiffin for the other people in india we in mumbai we have dabba wala the company dabba means tiffin like a box lunch box dabba so we are very famous company like we have organization is called dabba wala so what they do they deliver lunch boxes to almost the whole city of mumbai wow just imagine just a so big network like they deliver lunch boxes to everyone so people don't don't have time to prepare meal at their house mm-hmm. right the working class so they need food so here we have uber right but there we have dabba wala you just have fixed meal like every day different and they deliver like tiffins to offices workplaces mm-hmm. schools colleges just imagine like huge yeah. organization huge networking you can search dabba wala okay yeah the famous indian um tiffin boxes made of aluminum right Yeah. Ah, oh, speaking of food. <laughs> oh, you know that. <laughs> I never seen that box since like 6 or 7. Oh, years. do you miss it? Yeah, like a layer, like three layer. We have three layers stacked on it, like a lock. So lots of different, you know, curries, I guess, and bread on the yeah, side. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, you're yeah. making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so Like we were talking about, you know, the hierarchies in the Indian society, you know, the upper class, the middle class and the lower class. Another mm-hmm. thing is that there's also like another dimension to the whole Indian society. There's also the caste system. It's not something that um Muslims in India follow like mm-hmm. yourself. The caste system came from the Hindus. And I think the government is trying to abolish it. Is that correct? No, it's not correct. No, it's not. Okay. even the government like the politicians they believe in caste system like they frankly speaking government is like a good actor right they act a lot okay any government like they are not true person like they are not true identity like what they are what they say actually so yeah so they will say they're going to abolish things but it's them they are encouraging that thing for example they don't visit to lower class people a lot of incident happened like where a lower class guy 
he entered certain premises mm-hmm. and then after he's after he left they had that premises cleaned like purified it's like disgusting right it's like inhuman if you consider if you treat human being like this like yeah you are not human anymore because i don't really encourage this thing i don't i don't follow this caste system mm-hmm. it shows how much importance you give to it's discrimination at the end of the day yeah it's discrimination yeah okay so for people who don't know what the caste system is can you just quickly explain it uh it's a tradition like a culture like religious thing so the most superior caste is called brahmans mm-hmm. and the least is called like dalits mm. brahmans are like like a well of families like rich people too like brahmans okay and they are religious too they are very religious too shudras let's just clarify a little bit more so the caste system is sort of like a hierarchical system in indian society followed by the hindus Yeah. So they divide people based on uh which class they're in and then you said that at the top it's the Brahmin class and yeah. at the at, at the bottom it's the Dalits, right? Dalits, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the caste system is also affiliated with um it sort of determines the types of occupations you can work in. Definitely, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. determined by birth because it goes back yeah. to your your family and your ancestry. So if your parents were let's say teachers, then Based uh-huh. on your caste system, you're going to be a teacher too. Yeah. It predetermines your role in society and it also dictates the types of people you can interact with. Yeah. One small example I will give you like if you are born in certain class, like lower class, yeah. You cannot get education in my school. You cannot get admission. Okay. For that and also in my university too, you have different quotas for different classes. Like if you are backward class, then we have like 10% quota for backward class in my university. Mm. In so your entire university was elite, right? Yeah, I'm graduate from like big university, but it's a good point too, right? It's a advantage for that class because the fees is so much high in my university. Mm. Only when elites can afford, but we have quota already predetermined number of seats for that particular lower class people. Mm-hmm. And it's very cheaper like for the admission fees for very low for them. If, for example, if I'm paying hundred thousand dollars per year for my education, then they are only spending like twenty thousand dollars. So we are in same class right now. But you pay different tuition. Yeah, different tuition, and they are also like getting advantage of like education, same education that we are getting. Mm-hmm. So it's a plus point too. I see. And are Dalits like the people in the lowest class? Are they allowed to go to universities and colleges? Yeah, now things are changing. Like in cities, you can you can you will not see discrimination on that big scale, mm-hmm. and it's like not that much public in cities. It's still prevalent, but it's still like in their houses or in the minds of the people. But you don't ask people which caste are you from. You don't disclose that either. How do people know? No, in India, you you have the if you go for a job, there's a form, right? So it, you have to mention. But if you can see from the name, like in those like surnames too, you can say the caste. So your last name, okay? Yeah. That's really interesting, and it, this this system has been going on for like thousands of years. Yeah, and it's not going anywhere. It's gonna stay. But it's so bad and backward in like the twenty first century yeah. because it really just um holds people in their place. Like there's no social mobility at all. You're kind of um yeah. stuck where you are. If you're born, yeah. if you're born in a low low class, then you're stuck there. You can't do anything. 
But right now, what's changing? Like we have the leaders mm-hmm. from their like caste too, like the their community too, like lower community. So we have a lot of leaders in our politics, Indian politics. They are fighting for their rights, right? So now, now they're doing well, but still, like the big politicians, they're from big families. So also, they, they want to keep like, the caste system say. intact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because one thing that I read is that a lot of Indians don't think the caste system is going anywhere because the purpose it serves is the division of labor, which gives permission politics. to exploitation. Yeah, and politics too. Like if they if they're gonna educate all the people, mm-hmm. then people will have common sense to elect the government, right? On basis of their common sense. Right now, mm-hmm. what's happening? Most of the people are lower class, like rural area. They're not that much educated. So what they do, they just go there and give false speech during the election, false campaign, and then they just win the elections. What is a false campaign? What do you mean by that? Like hatred. They are just spreading like hatred and Indian politics not based on uh, like education, not based on development, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Rather, it's based on fear, fear of religion. Certain so-and-so religions threat, they're going to kill you. If you don't act, if you don't unite, if you don't give us the vote, mm-hmm. then certain so-and-so religions gonna get in power and they're gonna change India into other country and then people are there scared, right? Mm. Even they are good, fr- even if they are good friends, but in their mind still going on that hey, these are different religions, right? So it's a bad thing, bad politics, dirty politics. I see. Hi again, it's Cici here. I hope you've enjoyed part three of my four-part interview series with my friend Mo about India. In the final part of the series, our conversation turns to politics and where to go if you're planning a trip to India. Be sure to check it out after this. Too many festivals, like festivals every day. There's like some festivals going on, feasts, parties, so much adventures, like everything going on like everywhere. So it's very much light. It's not boring. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to Culture Atlas if you enjoyed this podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We also have a website with destination summaries and resources to interesting cultural facts mentioned in each episode. All that's on my website at cultureatlas.world, world as in W-O-R-L-D. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in two weeks.
So Mo, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from originally, and why you're in Canada right now. Hi, I'm Mohammad Umar Kempala, and I'm from India, specifically from Gujarat. I came in Canada in 2017 as a student, and now I'm a professional pastry cook. And right now I'm working as a professional pastry cook in a reputed hotel in Toronto right now. <laughs> 